Good morning. I hope you're as excited to be here as I am this morning. You can go ahead and turn to Psalms 96. I'll do the same while I talk here. It may take me a while. This morning when I was in uh, Howard's class, he said, turn to Ruth. And I was like, oh, my Bible, and I was looking at it. I knew it was in there somewhere, but I couldn't find it. I looked at my wife. It's kind of hard to acknowledge to your wife. You don't know where you're going in the Bible. I said, sweetie, where's Ruth at? I don't know. So we just sat there and looked at each other for a minute. Try to look down at the Bible so nobody would see us trying to find it. We figured it out eventually. Oh, this day's been interesting. Um, this morning I was getting ready and I was thinking about how long I've been associated with this church. Does, it, does anybody in here remember cold calling? One? Uh didn't you cold call Jacqueline? Anybody else? Besides Melinda and Nathan? That's it. That was a few years ago. Did you cold call Nathan? I was going to say. They didn't let me do it. I'm, you're younger than me, so I'm pretty sure they didn't let you do it. I guess they didn't trust us on the phones. Um, I think I was downstairs entertaining some of the kids or something. <laughs> anyway, been associated with this church a while. I'm glad to be up here this morning. Uh, appreciate your stand for the truth, and uh, always enjoy getting together with the people here. Uh, I'm glad that my sister, brother-in-law, and nephew and nursery in a good church with good people. Uh, so this morning we're going to look at the Word of God. I'm always excited to talk about the Word of God, to preach it. Uh, it's exciting to me. I hope it's exciting to you as well. If it's not, you check something's wrong. Okay? Uh, so, Psalm 96. And uh, I'm going to read this passage. It's not actually what we're looking at today, but it's a good introduction. It talks about the Lord, the way that I'm going to preach. Uh, it shows Him the way that we're going to preach about Him this morning. So, we're going to go to Psalm 96 and then immediately go to Genesis 1. I'll read and then we'll pray. Psalm 96, verse 1 says, O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all the people, for the Lord is great, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. Before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness, and the people with his truth. We're going to turn to Genesis 1 in, the beginning, um, in just a minute. 
But this morning we'll be looking at the Almighty, at the Almighty God, the only one, Almighty God, specifically in His role as Creator, Master, and finally as Judge. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to be in your house on this Sunday. Lord, for a while there we were trying to figure out how to uh, conduct ourselves during the coronavirus situation. Lord, we're still doing that. But we're thankful for the opportunity to be gathered together as a body of believers. And I pray this morning as we look at your word that we'd understand you better, what we're, what it's required of us. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to please you. I pray that this service would glorify you. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so as I turn over here to Genesis 1, I'm pretty sure I can find that one. Um, the, the first point I want to talk about uh, is... Is God is the creator? Uh, in the beginning, Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." I know we, everyone here that I see, uh, most of you I know, some of you don't know as well. We're familiar with the Bible. We're familiar with this passage, and I've been saved for a while. And the people that I know that testify about reading the Bible, we, we get accustomed to reading certain things, especially if we read every day, read through the Bible every year, or read through the Bible on a regular basis. We get accustomed to seeing certain passages here and preached about, but it says that God created the heavens and the earth. It, it didn't happen by any other force or mechanism or anything. There was nothing. God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on and explains more and more in detail. Um, God created all things from nothing. Verse 2, And the earth was without form and void. Void meaning empty. Nothing. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There was nothing. God was there, and there was nothing. Okay? It's hard for us to conjure up this image in our mind of nothing, because there was nothing. All we know is something. As soon as Callan or my daughter opened their eyes, there was something. Okay? There was light. There were people. So we have a hard time conjuring up nothing. But that's what was there. Nothing. Um, my dad has some property, and um, Nathan and his dad came out there and built a building out there. They, they built it. There was, it was just grass. So they leveled it out and they built a, and yeah, what they did to build it. Okay. They had materials. They built a building. There was no building there. They built it. But they and no one else in here who has ever lived created from nothing. You, we can build things. We can work with things, but we don't create. We, we don't make a substance. We take substance and make something else. We form it. We don't create. God created everything. I, I want us to think about each of these points because they're all going to go in connection. But I want you to think about that. As I think about, I thought about this more and more recently, um, 
I'll come back to that in just a minute. But in, in verse 12, it says, we'll skip down there. It says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb and yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. He made the grass, the trees, the dirt. Okay? Uh, verse 10, going back a little bit. It says, And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together the waters called he seas, and God saw it was good. He made the water. He made the ground. He made the things that we take for granted. There's, there's green stuff on the dirt out there, that grass. He made that. Uh, maybe weeds, but nonetheless, you know, you know what I'm saying, okay? And there, each little piece of it is not like any other little piece. Clover looks like clover, but each clover leaf and piece is not like another one. Um, God created each piece. Okay? Can you fathom that? Making each individual thing? I mean, it's hard enough for us to get ourselves out of the bed, turn off the alarm clock, and get rolling. Okay? Can you imagine how much time it would take us just to, 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 to make, to come up with things like this? No, we can't. But God, he created everything and he did it in a, in a week's time. 24-hour day, he created all these things. It's hard to fathom. But actually, we can't. You and me, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but you can't fathom that. Okay, you, you can't wrap your mind around that. I can't either. You know, probably most of you more than I can. I'm not the you know the brightest bulb, but I can't wrap it around my I can't wrap my mind around either. But God 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 did that. And he He's still the creator of the universe. He, he didn't go anywhere. He's still here. Um and that God, if you'll turn over to chapter 2, that God, the God, the Almighty God that created these things, in verse 7, made his most important creation. The Genesis 2 verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He formed man. Are we more important than dirt? Oh, seriously? Yes. Why? We were made from dirt, so why are we more important? Because the second half of that verse, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, we're made from dirt, Adam was, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and what? Man became a living soul. The grass out there, hard to imagine how it's created. Trees, all these things that were made by God, just magnificent. We we cut down like ten trees in my yard. Cause we actually we have a lot of work doing our yard. But if you cut down a tree and and see, just take the time. I mean, we're not not just you know throw it in the chipper and let's get moving. Let's like look at it and just kind of just eye it for a little bit. Understand. Look at the rings and look at the look at all of what it is. Look how it changes. If you cut it down, you leave it. Cut it up and you leave it. It gets a lot lighter. Why? Because that thing's full of water where's the water come from you don't see you don't see the water when you cut it down it's not water's not spraying out 
but there's water in there so that the tree can grow. Where's it come from? All those roots that are tearing up my yard. But where does that water come? I mean, I don't. I, it, God has made everything so specific and so perfect for its purpose. We can't fathom it. But God, in verse seven here, He created man and He breathed into him what? A living soul. Okay. No one's ever seen my soul or your soul. You, you see the outside, um, well, I wasn't made from dirt, but, okay, that's what we go back to. No one's seen the soul, but that's the living part. We get caught up in, in what, what we know is life and death, okay? When, if I live to be 90 or 80 or next year or whatever, and I pass away, something's going to happen to me. I may fall asleep and not wake up. My heart may explode or my or whatever happens to me, okay? Well, that heart attack caused him to die. Well, not really. Because that soul that was implanted into me, it, it, wasn't, it doesn't run on my heart or my blood flow. It runs because God has placed in me a soul and in each of you a soul. And he still controls that. So... God created all these things. He created us, formed us, and then he put a soul in us. Why did he put it in us and not in the tree or not in the animals? Because he chose to. Because he's the creator. This is what is so fallible. When people don't believe in creation, they don't believe that God created. Okay, I grew up being taught creation. And maybe you did too. I don't know all of you, your, your backgrounds. But, and I don't know if I've been taught evolution. I would know right off the bat that it can't be evolution. I don't know that. But when you read this account of God creating and how specific, and you go out and you look at the evidence of the creation, you can't possibly come to the conclusion that evolution makes more sense than, than God the creator creating. You, you can't do it. You are denying what is factually in front of your face. God is, I said in my intro, we're going to talk about the Almighty God. There is no other force or being or, or whatever label you want to put on it. There's nothing else out there like God. There's no controller. Because God can make, we, we, we can build things or whatever, but we can't create. And God created, and then he put in a living soul. And each of us was made that way. We weren't formed by God from the dirt. But each of us, our soul came from what? Not your parents. And nothing takes your soul away. Except the creator. So, in our society, we, we have people mocking, and, and sometimes I think we get in our little shell and we think, I'm going to pull back because you know, I can't explain everything about the creation. I can't totally debunk everything about evolution necessarily. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, I'm not a whatever it is that you're not. Okay. But last time I checked, the person on the other side of the argument, they can have PhDs, MDs, whatever Ds. 
they can't explain everything. In fact, I was talking to a coworker the other day about he's not a Bible believer at all. And we were just talking, and he's in his 60s. I'm half of that. I'm in my 30s now. And um, he's, he's had some um, conversations and thoughts, I think, with himself because there's been some heartache in his family, and he's trying to figure out what is going on. Okay, he didn't say that to me, but that's what he's saying. His questions say to me, he doesn't, he can't figure out exactly what's going on. He's trying to figure it out. And I told him, the reason that I believe the Bible is because it gives me the evidence of truth. It's not a blind leap of faith. I have right here the creation, and it walks through, and it talks about the history of man, how God's involved in that, and it tells me how it's going to end in the end. The, the end of time is going to come in Revelation. That's all dictated by God. And it's very plain and it can be proven factually. That's why I believe that. And I said, let me, there's just something to think about. What, what actually happens when you die? What, what happens at death? Where you're, like we were saying earlier, something happened to you. Lots of people have had heart attacks and didn't die. There are people run over by cars thrown out of cars. They didn't die. People have been shot. They didn't die. Some do that go through those situations. What what causes the uh, the occurrence of death? I said, God gave us life. Because last time I checked, we don't. We Who, who gives life? There's a debate about when a fetus becomes life or whatever. Okay? Well, where does the life come from? Where, where does that start? We don't dictate that. And no one can answer that except God. So I just want us to understand God is the creator. He was the creator at the beginning. He is the creator now. That's why he is the only almighty God. He dictates all of that. And if that's the case, if God is the creator, as we're explaining, and as the Bible tells, and as we can prove, the account of the Bible can be proven. Our world is not millions of years old. It can't be. I'm not going to go through all the scientific facts. If you, you, you can do that research. It's there. It's not hard to find. If God is the creator, then what? He's the master of his creation. Okay, so let's look at that. Um, I'm going to turn to some passages. You can turn as well. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. I think what happened was, see, I turned right to it. I think what happened down there in that freezer box was my brain was trying to figure out how to work in Arctic conditions. And I was stuck for a minute. Okay. Mark chapter 4 verse 39 says, This is Jesus. He's with the disciples. And um, he interacts with his creation. Not humans, but the other part of the creation. And he arose, Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Okay. Um... 
Verse 37, I'll back up real quick just to give us some context. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Okay, so there's our context. Jesus was in a storm, a bad storm, on the water. And he decided that was enough. So he said, hey, peace, calm down, be still. And two different factors calm down. The wind. Anybody ever seen the wind? No. You can see the effects of it, but you can't see it. But it's, we know it's there. We call it wind. Okay. Um, and the water. Both of them calm down. Why? Because the master said calm down. He dictated what needs to happen. Those aren't human beings that can understand. Those aren't animals that can be trained to understand commands. That's water and wind. One you can see. Hopefully you can swim if you're out there. You can't control it. And you sure can't control wind. Because you can't even see it to, to try to control it. We can use it. We don't control it. God, so God made these things, but he didn't just say, okay, I made it, now I'm, you know... I'm going to go back to heaven and I'm going to leave it alone, just let it do whatever it wants to do. No, God God still controls all that stuff. It has never quit being controlled by Him since it was made by Him. He's the Master. He's not subservient to anything. There was no wind before He got started creating. There was no water before He got started creating. So He created it and He's the Master of it. Um, what else does he control? Well, the Bible, I started to write these down. I'm like, I better stop writing or I'm going to be doing this all day long. Jonah and Jonah 117. I'm not going to turn there. I'm just going to list off a few things. Uh, what was he controlling? A whale. He said, hey, Flipper, come over here. That was a dolphin. Never, never mind. Um, Moby, come here. I need you to swallow this dude. I don't like what he's doing. I need to change his mind a little bit. This dumb human that wants to be the human, the master of their actions. I need, I need to change his mind a little bit because I need some people over there in Nineveh to be saved. So, come on, swim down here, wherever he was. And when he jumps out of the boat, swallow him. He didn't talk to the whale, but he had the whale do exactly what he wanted him to do. Why? Because he's the master. That whale doesn't have a free will. Yeah, I mean, they do what they do, and I don't think that God directs all their actions, but when the Lord says, hey, I, I need you over here, it got over there and it did what it's supposed to do. Because God told it to. Um, what about Daniel? Daniel is praying to the Lord like he's supposed to, and people get all fired up about it, and they're like, you can't pray. We're going to make a law. You can't pray. Yeah, that's that's highly intelligent. That's highly intelligent. I can't talk to the Creator. Have at it. Tell me I can't pray. He goes and prays. I don't think he's stuck in their face. He just did what he's supposed to do. Talk to the Creator, the Master. He goes and prays. They say, oh, well, now we got you. See, we're going to have you eaten by lions. That didn't work out. 
Why? Because the lions are controlled by the master. He doesn't. They don't eat unless he tells them to eat. They can eat. David Daniel goes down there. The king's over there sweating all night because his best guys down there in the lion's den getting torn apart in his mind. Comes over in the morning. Hey, Daniel. Yes. And then those other guys, <laughs> Daniel walks in. Oh, we got a problem. Unfortunately, the lions didn't do their job. Well, that's because the master told him, don't do that job. Because right after that, he said, you can go back to doing your job. When those kings and princes, those princes and their wives and their families, they went down there. And the Lord said, okay, child time. Have at it. Why? Because the master said, it's time to eat. No one tells a lion when to eat or when not to eat. Except the master. He created those things. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Numbers 22. What goes on there? Oh, Balaam. Balaam was looking out for his pockets and for his self-interest. He's going to be the master of his destiny. Uh, look for work outside of... He's going to outsource his work to uh, outside of Israel. So he's riding his donkey, and the donkey decides he doesn't want to go. And Balaam gets upset. And finally, a donkey says, Hey, you see that dude with a sword right there? Not going to happen. You know why? Because the master said, Hey, donkey, how about talking to the donkey on your back and tell him you're not going forward? Why did donkeys don't talk? I've never heard of donkeys being trained to talk. They're normally avoided unless they need to do a job. Why did the donkey all of a sudden decide to talk? Because the master told him to. That's why. These things are kind of funny to us until you start evaluating your life. Do you do what the creator who put a soul in, in inside of you, do you do what he dictates for you to do? Is he, the, is he the master of your life? Does he dictate how you talk, how you act, when you do things, the purpose for what you, what you do? Because the, the purpose and why we do things should come out of this right here. This is God's word. This is what dictates what we do and don't do. God doesn't audibly speak to us, but he sure as the world tells us what we ought to be doing right here. And from this pulpit. It's funny to us because it's abnormal for a donkey to be talking to a human. It's abnormal for a whale to swim over there and swallow a man because he's told to. It's abnormal for lions to decide they're not hungry. One instant. Next instant, they're tearing up the people before they even hit the bottom of the pit. Read the, read the account. What, what's going on here? Um, let's look at one other one. I want us to turn to this one. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. I hope you love the Word of God. 18 verse 6. The Word of God is what introduces us to the Creator, the Master. This is what helps us have 
a prosperous and a wonderful life. You can't make enough money to make your life wonderful. You can't have a good marriage unless you know the master of love and marriage and the one who created all that. If you don't love the Bible and the truth that's in it, you don't know the master. Um, let's see here. I got the right passage. John 18, verse 6. Let me start in verse uh, 3. It says, Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Uh, They're coming to get Jesus to crucify him. He he knows that. Verse 5, They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. That's who we're coming to get. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Verse 6, As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, (coughs) they went backward and fell to the ground. (laughs) These big bad soldiers, guards, whatever they are, probably juiced up on steroids and all that stuff they had back then. I don't know what they had. These killers, they've come to get Jesus. A whole bunch of them. Safety in numbers. Uh, you know, he might start fighting with one of us, and we all pile on, and he can't stop that. Uh, he's never been violent before. He wasn't violent here. But he did give them a last-ditch opportunity for them to see their foolishness. The creation is coming to take over the Creator. We're coming to take him and we're going to kill him. We're going to tie him up and we're going to... No, you're not. Unless he decides to go with you. And I don't know if there's anybody in that group. It doesn't say how many of them. a group of them. I don't know how many of those guys, when they walked up there to get Jesus, maybe doubted a little bit. Is this guy really guilty? Is he, you know, he's being blasphemous, calling himself God. Um... I don't know what they're thinking. I really want to know what they're thinking when he said, I am he, and they all hit the hit the deck. Not going forward because they're trying to duck. Going back on their back because they can't help it. Why did they do that? Because the master made their bodies obey his command. How could you get up off your... They fell back on their back, and they got back up, rushed themselves off, and said, all right, we're going to take you. That's funny. And it's hard to conceive of. But, you know, we do the same thing. You know, we do the same thing. One day, we're, Lord, we thank you for this provision. You've given us a job. We get a job. The next day... Lord, I gotta buy a vehicle. I don't, I don't know where the money's gonna come from. Who gave you your job? Who's been looking out for you all your life? Who who saved your soul from hell? What are you worrying about? Do you do you know the master? 
in name, or do you actually know him? Do you trust him? You're not, you're not called a master because you don't control anything. These fellows right here, I don't know what they were thinking, but they were thinking the same things that we're thinking sometimes, and that is we're all caught up in our, the details of our life. Whatever that is, work, coronavirus, family, um, fun, whatever it is, we're not paying any attention. We get in a car wreck, you know, a bad one. We walk out, go get another car, go drive. Did you thank the Lord for not sparing your life? Did you think about, wonder what he was trying to teach me through that situation, because I know I could have, you know, could have died. Did, did you think about that? Or did you just keep rolling like nothing ever happened? Okay, where did I get the money for the next car, get the next car? Woo, let's go to work. Do you, do you think about the master? He's, he's probably trying to get your attention when things happen that are out of the norm. So we have the master. We should be, we should know the master. We know that God is there. I, I know lots of people who recognize they believe in God. That God is there. Okay. They would never deny that, that there's a God. But they don't know the master. They know he's out there. They know his name. They know about him. But they don't know the master. Okay? Do you know the master this morning? Is he the master of your life? In other words, are you in rebellion all your life because you're not saved? Or do you know the master? Do you know the Lord is your savior? If you do, then Psalm 25 should be what you pray and think about. Let me turn over there. When I was in high school, we had to come up with a life verse or something. It's not funny, but it was kind of funny to me to see people that I go to school with every day. If they read their Bible, I wouldn't know it. You got to come up with a life verse. I'm like, wonder who gave you that one. It's not funny, but it was funny seeing what they came up with. But anyway, this is what I came up with. But it's a great passage. Psalm 25, verse 4 says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Show me your paths. Not mine. If you have a master, you do what the master says. You wait till he shows you and he tells you and he directs you. You're not freelancing. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. There's a lot. You know how much you, we don't know? I'm, a, I'm in commercial printing. I'm at the second company that I work for in commercial printing. That's all I've done since I have got out of college. You know how much I don't know about commercial printing? <laughs> a lot. And that's what I do every day for a job. There's so much I don't know, it could fill books about printing that I, that I don't know. God, and that's what I do, God knows everything about everything. 
There's nothing he doesn't know. That's why he created. And that's why he's the master. And he should be the master of your life. Show me thy ways. Teach me thy paths. God can teach us how to do what we need to do. We just have to be willing to follow the master. Verse 5, lead me in thy truth. We don't normally like to follow. Most people are not good followers. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, um, we'll leave it there. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Hey, you know what? When you don't have like somebody giving you oral commands because God doesn't do that, it's right here. Okay, This is how we know where to go, what to do. All right, And when we need the Lord to really talk to us and direct us, if he hasn't directed you specifically, what does it say there in the last part? On thee do I wait all the day. Don't make a move. If the master hadn't directed you specifically, just keep doing what's right. Don't do anything outside of that. Wait. It's hard to do. I know. I'm not very patient. So we have the master. We have the creator. Made everything. We have the master who directs his creation. And then thirdly, we have God who's the judge. This is really the whole thing wrapped up. Because in Luke 12, verse 20, the Lord says there's going to come a day when he's going to require your soul. You know what your soul is? The living part of you. Not your body. He's going to require your soul. He's going to require my soul. It's going to happen to all of us at a specific time for each one of us. You, you don't have a choice about that. I don't have a choice about that. He's going to say, hey, Spurgeon, up here. And if to that point, I didn't recognize that he's the creator, and I didn't allow him to be the master of my life, even though he was, I just was in rebellion, that's not going to be a good day. He's going to require your soul. That, that's the end of all things, but that should be in sight every day. That's why we live as God being our master. That's why we recognize that he's the creator, we're the creation. He's going to require our soul into eternity. And we're going to be judged based upon what we did with God as the master, or not so much the master of our life. Is your name going to be found in the in the book of life or in the book of life? If you're saved, is he going to call you up there and say, you know what, all those things you did for 60-some years that you were saved or whatever, they're going up in smoke. It's wood, hay, stubble. It's useless. It's worthless. Because you didn't recognize me as master. You didn't act that way. Or is he going to call you up and say, you know what? You did a great job. I'm not making light of that. I'm being serious. You were a great servant. You followed directions. When I didn't give you directions, you just kept doing what you're supposed to be doing, waiting for me to give you directions. 
you were a witness to other people, trying to explain to them the importance of recognizing the Creator and allowing me to be the master of their life. Those things are important. In fact, that's what life is all about. Uh, Howard was speaking earlier and he said, you don't go, you don't just decide, hey, I gotta go find some money and go find a job and that's what we do. You go find a church that you're supposed to be a part of. You know how ludicrous that is? People think, that's insanity. I'm gonna stay in a church and make however much less money. For what? It's because the Master said that each of us should be a part of a body of Christ. Each of us is important. We we fulfill a certain role in our church as church members. That's why we do that. Because if I go and I'm making thirty five thousand a year and I'm like I can go I can go a uh, hundred miles somewhere else and make fifty thousand and some just increase my wages quite a bit. Improve my quality of life. I can I can uh, get my kids more stuff. I can buy my wife prettier things. I can do all this stuff. Wonderful. And when the Lord says, I'm requiring your soul now into eternity, you know what that 15,000 more is going to mean to you? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, you're going to wish you had never even thought about looking for another job. Because God's going to say, hey, look, I thought you're... I had you in this church. You got saved here. They took you in. They discipled you. You were a part. And all of a sudden, you saw a few dollar signs and you took off and you didn't even get in church the rest. You know, you weren't in a good church. If you're saved, you would be in a church. Okay? Why would you do that? Our perspective of who God is and what He does, just if, if, to help us get in perspective, just think about yourself in comparison to God. Could you create the grass out there and the dirt out there and all these things that, that he created? And on top of that, do you know Howard speaking this morning about how do we know that God's, you know, that he's leading in our life? Because he's, he's showed us, you know, every Monday we get an agenda for the rest of the week and he's like, okay, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, here's going to happen. Thank you, Lord. You told me exactly what's going to happen. No, he doesn't do that. Why not? Because he's God and we're servants. Slaves. Okay. We do what he dictates. He doesn't tell us the plan. Because we probably wouldn't be able to execute it because there's going to be some rough times. We probably wouldn't be able to execute it. And on top of that, what is faith if you know what's going to happen? Do you know God? I don't mean do you know the word G-O-D. I don't mean have you prayed a prayer at some point in your life. I mean, do you know Him? Does He dictate what you do, think, act, all the stuff that you do? Does He dictate it? If He doesn't, maybe you don't know the Creator. There's a, hey, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. So sanctification is. We give up more things as we understand that they're wrong to the Lord because He's the Master. Okay? I understand that part. 
But if you aren't working on understanding the Lord, reading this and praying to Him and doing what you know is right, you don't understand who you're dealing with. I don't. If circumstances or pressures dictate what we do, but we're not following the Master. Those things don't mean anything. Well, my family, they wouldn't like it if I was at church every Sunday. They wouldn't like it if I went to that church. You know what? Your family's not going to require your soul. When you get up there, your family ain't going to be nowhere in sight. They might be right next to you. You ain't going to be looking at them. Believe me. And they're not going to be looking at you going, you know, I was disappointed in you. <laughs> they're not. Each of us individually, by ourselves, are going to stand in front of Almighty God, the Creator who gave us life, and then the Master who's supposed to be dictating it, and then the Creator again who sucked out that life when He said, I'm requiring your soul. We're going to be standing there by ourselves, giving account for what we did. And the reason I'm on this this morning is because each of us has a tendency to go back to Master being number one. We all, we all do. Right now, there's, there's pressure. There may be pressure to not go to church. Fear of the coronavirus. There, there may be pressure to not speak the truth about certain topics or get more and more homosexuality or whatever it is. Okay. We, we got to be obedient to the Bible and what the Master dictates.